Okay, let's get started with Parshas Noach, uh, Parshas Noso, Tavshin Ayin Ches, and uh, we are in the post-Shvuis, post-Kabbalah Satora world, but as we'll talk about tonight, maybe we shouldn't make it so post. It should be continuous, as we will, uh, as we will see soon. But we start off with the name of the Parsha. The name of the Parsha, as we ha- was mentioned at the end of last week's Parsha already, that is a confusing spot for uh, Bali Kriya sometimes, starting in the wrong spot. But we know we call this Parsha, Parsha's Naso, the Parsha of lifting up. By Dabar Hashem Moshelimar, Hashem says to Moshe, Naso, Es Rosh Bene Gershon Gamheim. The Uncleus translates Naso as Kabel, Yoz Chushban Bene Gershon, figure it out. But the word is naso, as many translate, it's about lifting up. When we count, we lift up. Naso, but not just naso, naso is rosh b'nei gershon, gamheim. Count the rosh, lift up the rosh b'nei gershon. What's the emphasis of rosh b'nei gershon, gamheim? Naso is b'nei gershon. What's the emphasis of the head, right? We even know that you're not allowed to count heads, as the Isra is recorded elsewhere. Uh, but here, Moshe is to count in, uh, in a mutter way. So what exactly is meant by Naso as Rosh? So if we look in Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, in the Divrei Mordechai, in source number one, says Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, the Pasuk said, Nitan so remez l'derach b'avodas Hashem. This Pasuk could give us a hint to how to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, an insight into how we might say nationally, we should serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nesiyas Rosh, by having a head lifted up. So what does that mean? So he quotes a Pasuk in the Eov. He in Omer in the second parak in Eov. Or ba'ad or v'chol asher le'ish yitain ba'ad nafsho. Skin for skin. And kol asher le'ish yitain. A man will give everything for his soul. What does that mean? Rashi explains there in Eov. Kain derech b'nei adam. It is the way of people. And remember, Eov is many different pshatim exactly in Mesechah Baba Basra. When Eov lived, there's even one pshat that said he never lived. It was all a mushal. But some say it was to the time of Avraham, the time of Moshe, all different times. Either way, there's a lot to learn from Sefer Eov. Says Rashi, what does this Pasuk mean? Kain derech b'nei adam. Kishere hacherev ba'a rosho. Magain bizro olafanov. What does it mean? A person will do anything to protect himself? It's the natural, instinctual reaction. If something is going at my head, I put my arm up to block it. That's that's what a person does. Even though the arm is also me, so the head is me and the arm is me. So we do it. But do you ever think about why Kaddish Baruch put... Do we do that because we think about it? Do we do that because we consciously say, I'd rather get my arm hurt than my head hurt? It's more instinctual. It's not as much as... As a conscious decision, it's very fast. But that makes sense. When a person is nervous and concerned about something happening to his body, if something's happening, we'll put our head down. Put our head down and cover ourselves. with Cover the head. Why? Because the head is more... It's the most sensitive uh, limb. An effect on the head will be felt the most and it will have detrimental effects the most. If my arm gets hurt, it doesn't directly affect the rest of the body. If my head gets hurt, so then that affects the entire body that has hashpa on all the other avarim. 
That's the head. And, wh- that, and that's in the teva of the Bria. And that's even, interestingly, he says, Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu shom ev avonim mira'ashosav. He put stones around his head. So according to Chazal, at least one of the pshatim, he was worried about lions and, and wild animals. How would a couple of rocks around his head protect him from wild animals? Maybe at least he's protecting the head. Maybe if the rest of the body, not as much, but at least the head should be protected. Says the Divrei Mordechai. That's what's going on here. Lift up the Rosh. Who's the Rosh? We are the Rosh of the world. Not in terms of we're better than, but we're supposed to be mashpia on. We have a responsibility. We have to be an Orlagoyim. We have to be a nation that sets an example, not in an arrogant way, chas v'shalom, but in a holy way, in an inspiring way. We are the head. Lift up your head. Lift yourselves up, says the Dibri Mordechai. That's what's being told to us the week after Shavuos. Naso as Rosh B'nei Gershon, lift up B'nei Gershon, lift up B'nei uh, Merari, lift up all of Shevet Levi, and all the Amisrael can be like Shevet Levi. And therefore we have to recognize what exactly is our responsibility. We have to be the ones that set an example for the entire world. Naso as Rosh. Everybody lift up our heads and lift up the head of our, of our fellow Jew as well. Okay. That gets us started. Now let's get into something else very special. So we know, in general, on almost every year, Nusso is the Shabbos right after Shavuos. And we know that the, every Chag is not supposed to stay as the Chag. We know the day after every Chag is called Isru Chag, based on the Pasuk that we say in Hallel, Isru Chag Ba'avosim Ad Karnosam Ezveach, which literally means tie. Isru Chag Bavosim, Ad Karnos, tie it to the Karnos HaMizbeach. So Isru Chag. So what exactly are we supposed to tie to the Chag? What is the message of Isru Chag and Nusso being the Isru Chag Parsha? Question. Let's see the words of Rav Zevin. Latar Avalamoadim. Nasso as Rosh Bnei Gerishon, Beparsha Zu, Nasso as Rosh Bnei Kos, Beparsha Kodemes. As we just said, Nasso in last week's Parsha, Nasso in this week. Torahi, Kamo Kob Maisi Avosh Nechkeku Batora. Just like all actions of the Avos that are inscribed and engraved in the Torah, Ladoros, this is also. There's a message here. So what's the message of Nasso as Rosh? He also is focusing on the Rosh, but in the context of how does this connect to Shvuas? Says Rav Zevin, line five. Isru Chag Bavosim, the Amr Gemara, Haosa Isru Lachag. That's the Gemara in Sukkah, right? That's the source for Isru Chag and Rashi. Aguda Lachag Biyom Shal Chag. After the Chag, you can't let the Chag stay the Chag. You have to bring it. Says Rav Zevin, uh, on a uh, drash level. Klal hu eged b'chad lo eged. Tying one thing on itself is not called an eged. That's it itself. You need at least two things for an eged. So what are the two things? The chag is one. What are we tying the chag to? In isru chag. We tie the chag. Bal karchenu sha'aguda l'chag afi muvana sha'ogdem es ha'chag l'mashu acher. 
Mashu. What is the Mashu? What is the Chag connected to? Says Rav Zevin, each of the Chagim in some way are called Rosh. We have Naso here. But if you look at all of them, the Chagim aren't meant to only be in their own world, their own orbit. They're all Rosh. And what did we just say? Rosh has to be connected to a guf. Rosh Hashanah. Kol What's Pesach? Chag Ha'aviv. What's Aviv? Sprouting forth. Blossoming. That's the beginning. That's the Rosh. In Yon Horatius. Shvuis. Yom Habikurim. Pchar. Bikurim. Bring the first fruits. Mehachel Charmesh Bakama. Mincha Chadasha. Right? The Karben Omer. Right? Mincha Chadasha. And Karben Omer is brought on Pesach. But... On Shavuos we have the Shtei which matirs the Chadash in the Beis HaMikdash. Also, something new, something starting. Sukkis, hu bechodesh Tishrei, shakol mahuto reishis. Right? All of Tishrei is reishis. Switch around the letters of Tishrei, and you get reishis. Kol mahuto reishis. Me reishis hashana, chaser al, vosios Tishrei. And Shavuos biyichud. So really, every one of the Chagim is connected in some way to Rosh or Rashis or a beginning. But, says Rav Zevin, as we know, a Rosh can't be cut off from its body. Every one of the Chagim is a Rosh to something. To what? What's the Isru Chag? What is it connected to? We need to be connected to the body, to the legs. And that's why every Chag must be connected to what? To the days following it. That's the Guf. The Chag is the Rosh. And Hashem gives us Chagim in order to then be Mashpia on the entire rest of our days until the next Chag. Matan Torah shel Chag HaShvuis. Tzorach sheyashpia al kol ha kula. Ba adam yoreid gam madregas raglayim. Regalim to raglayim. Sometimes when we our lives, we're in the mud, we're involved in so many gashmi things. But we have to make sure that we're still connected to our head, to our Rosh, which was the Chag previously. We have to connect it. And that's Nosoes Rosh. Lift up the Rosh. Lift up the head. Rosh again. And Shavuos is always followed right by Naso. That's what we're connecting it to, where you have to connect each Chag to what's after it. And it's not only all of them. If you turn the page for a moment in the Barachayim, Rav Bitterman says, specifically when it comes to Shavuos, we have, we have a halacha that reflects that it has to connect to what's after it. Bechag HaShavuos matzinu hadgasha miyuchedes, sha'af achar hayantif, v'shefa, shefa or mikdushas yantif. This is the only time. We all know the halacha, but did we ever think about the message of the halacha? We don't have tachlun for a week. No tachlun for a week. Why? Because we know there's tashlumen for Megdash. For six days after Shavuos, we could still bring the karbanas to Shavuos. It's not Shavuos anymore. Shavuos is only for one day. Now the, the aura and the aura of Shavuos is still here. And it's even reflected in halacha. Right, the Yemei Tashlumen of Shavuos, Shavuos more than any other of the Chagim, reflects in the day it's itself following the holiday, that the holiday is still around. The effect of the holiday is still here. 
That's the Halakamarin Chagiga Dafyudzayin. Yeshla Tashlumadatheris Koshiva. Hare Daaf Shahayamim Yemei Cholim, their weekday. Efshala Hashlumulahakarisa Olos Vishami Riba Mikdash. In the base of Migdash, she could bring the carbon for Shvuas. Shvuas was four days ago. How could I bring the carbon for Shvuas today? You could do it. That's the Chiddush. Because Shvuas, the holiday of Kabbalah Satorah, that continues. Really, all of the Chagim continue, but Shvuas maybe more than others. Needs to continue. Maybe that's what the Halacha is reflecting. Even in the Demeachol, he quotes some poskin that maybe even the Shechianu. And then he quotes a number of ideas, a number of beautiful drushos relating to the idea of taking it with us. So often we talk about this idea, not leaving the moments of inspiration in the moments of inspiration, but taking it with us. Pirshu, he quotes from Moshe Rabbeinu, Mashamar Moshe Raya Mehemna, line 16. When Hashem first appears to him, what does Moshe say after he sees this, when he sees the snare? Asurana ve'eres amara hagadol So Pashtas, that means, let me turn and I will see what's going on here. But on a deeper level, Shakavanahi, Moshe realizes he's having a divine revelation at this moment. See, he says it a little tefillah before he starts the conversation. Moshe Rabbeinu is palel. Hashem, help me. Even when I will turn away from this, the eres I'll take this mara with me. I won't leave it here. I'll take it with me. And this is what we need. And a prerequisite for this. Says Rav We have to focus on the experience. We have to think about and focus on these special unique days. Because if we don't analyze them, if we don't think about what made them great, and what I connected to them, it's not going to come with me. It's not going to come with me. I have to make sure that I focus on it. And he even quotes this from one of the Rebbes. He quotes on the Pesukim in Tehillim. Hayam ra'av ayanos, hayardein yisav liachar. The yam runs away. Kriyas yamsuf. Malacha yam kisanos, hayardein yisav liachar. Why are you running away? Why are you standing up? Milifnei adon chuli aretz. Because of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Milifnei eloka Yaakov. So interesting phrase. We say the Yam runs away, and then we ask the question, why Yam are you running away? And then we answer because the Kaddish Baruch Hu is in charge. Why do we have to ask the question in the middle? The Yam is running away because the Kaddish Baruch Hu is... We see the Yam. Hayam Rav Ayanos. What's David Amalek teaching us by writing the question? Why do you have to ask the question? So he explains, You could be going through Kriyas Yamsuf if I don't focus on it, if I don't try to analyze the event and touch it to every fiber of my neshama, even Kriyas Yamsuf could just go off of me and not last. Even Kriyas Yamsuf, let me think about this, let me analyze this, let me ask about it. Even the most miraculous event. Even 
If a person doesn't think about it deeply, lachkok emunaso belibo to engrave it in his heart, umocho shakaris parachu ubori umadik lachol abruim, you can see the greatest miracle. And days and weeks and months and years later, it wasn't such a miracle. Kadosh Baruch Hu really wasn't showing his face. It wasn't such a hiskalos. We have to think about it, and maybe we have to think about it over and over again. There have been miracles in modern day history, or any miracle. The further it gets, was it really? We can't let that feeling leave, that feeling of inspiration. And how do we do that? By thinking deeply about the day, about the event, about Shavuos, about Kriyas Yamsev. And he even quotes, if we skip a thought from the Imre Emes, on line 23, an amazing message that we've quoted this Gemara in the past, but the Imre Emes has his own take on it. What happens on every Chag? Right, what, what added? Obviously we were inspired, we're supposed to be inspired by Alila Regal, but one of the amazing events that Chazal took place was that they took the Shulchan and the Lechem upon him out of the Heichal where nobody could see it. They brought it out and they showed it to Am Yisrael and they said, look, it's been on here for a week and it's still piping hot and it's fresh. The Radvaz writes in the Tshuva, how did everybody know that it was hot? Right? How can you see it's being hot? I see, I don't know if it's hot or cold. It was steaming. It was steam, the Radvaz, 500 years ago. It was steaming. That's when they still knew it was hot. Why dafka that? Why dafka that? It's still hot. Says the MRMS. Because you're hot right now. The message is to be hot in a week from now. The message is not to cool yourself off. That's the message. Based on the Pasig and Sefer Shmuel. Why Dafka that? Why Dafka? They would Nisim all over the place. Every day they would tend Nisim. No. El Arem is Ramzu, line 38. You're on fire now. You're fresh. You feel it. But you know what the key is? You got to keep it fresh. You got to keep it alive. You got to keep it exciting. We got to be on fire. And again, this is something that is said in many other contexts as well. You know, we've mentioned in the past Rav Schwab. Rav Schwab says that the the source, one of the sources for Aliyah Regal, I think they weren't Chagiga and Gimel or so, the source of Aliyah Regal is based on a Pasuk in Shira Shirim, where Hashem praises us being uh, the, the children of Avram Avinu, some Pasuk like that. So on, with the shoes, and that's Rav Schwab, a Pasuk describing Aliyah Regal Talks about shoes. When we go to the base of English, we're not allowed to wear shoes. We have to take off our shoes when we go on to Harabayas. So why dafka shoes? Yeah, because the message of Aliyah Regal is not to leave it in the base of Mikdash. The message is to when we put on our shoes and we leave. And that's why, as we know, the Kohen Gadol washes, uh, does a Kiddush Yadam Raglayim when he puts on his clothes, big day, big day, uh, Atzmo, at the end of the Yom Kippur service. Because that's also an Avoda. After he goes back. And that's why the Lechem upon him, dafka is shown. It's hot. It's still hot a week later. You got to remain hot a week later, and that's the message of Isruchag, and that's the message of anything after a chag, after a yantif, 
especially Shavuos, as we saw. It's weekday now, but we can still bring the carbon of Shavuos. We don't say Tachnun. When we don't say Tachnun, instead of smiling, if it's a Monday or a Thursday, for some other reasons why we might smile, we should smile and say, Ah, oh, the message of Shavuos is still here. I still feel Kabbalah Satorah. I need to feel it every single day of my life. Right? That's why we, we mentioned it uh, in Parshas, the Klayakar, Klayakar in Parshas Emar, writes that why he doesn't mention Kabbalah Satorah in the Torah. On the 50th of the holiday that was supposed to have 50 days after Pesach, it just says make a holiday. doesn't say what happened that day. just says make a holiday. The Klayakar says because every day should be a Kabbalah Satorah. Torah doesn't want to specify one date. This is Kabbalah Satorah. It was, historically. But really, every day, the Klayakar say, Klayakar says, should be a, a day of Kabbalah Satorah, and that's when the Torah doesn't want to limit, limit that idea. So that's Rav Zevin, and that is the Be'er HaChaim also, and that uh, takes us into uh, Parshas Naso. He has a little bit also at the end where he connects it to um, another point in Parshas Naso, B'yomi Mashach, Achrei Mashach, but we'll leave that for, we'll leave that for now. Okay. Let's get back to the parsha. So Parsha's not so, as we know, is the longest parsha in Psukim in the Torah. And in Perak Dalid, Pasik Memvav, after we have all of the sections of the families of Levi listed, Gershon Kahasam Rari listed exactly what they do. And at the end of that section, we have or a sum up. A sum up of the numbers. All of the Pkutim, all the ones that were counted, that Moshe and Aaron counted, thirty to fifty. As we know, that was the age of the service. How much were they? Eight thousand All together. On that Pasik, the Medrash says, Source five. After it listed all of the families separately, why do you have to sum them up? We could count them. We could do the math. Why do you have to sum up all the numbers? One could ask the same question in last week's parsha by the Shvatim. Right after each of the Machanos. But it says them all together afterwards. Why? They're all beloved in front in Hashem's eyes. What's the message? Let's say I'm a in Merari family. I'm a Merarite, however one would say it. Or from the family of Kahas. Family of Gershom. You know, we might be a little upset if we're the ones that carry the boards. That's what I'm carrying. I'm carrying the boards. The curtains, not so exciting. I mean, if he looks to his, over his left shoulder, he'll see the Yisraelim who carry nothing, right? So maybe that'll make him feel good, but he'll look ahead of him and he'll see his cousins, the Menorah, the Aron, so many other wonderful Kalim, says the Medrash, Kulam, shkulam lefeim akam Hashem counts you all. Everybody has to have a job. But everybody does their own job. And in front of the eyes of Hashem, you are equally beloved. Says the B'nai Yisachar, in the Igra de Pirka, right? I just gave it to you from here. It's quoted here in the Sefer Lasanig. Because he has the, uh, he quotes it verbatim. Shavodas b'nei kahas. Lomro shaysa yoser mi avodas b'nei kahas b'nei Kahas is more chashuv. 
He is the clay mishkan. Bnei Gaz Nasvas Aaron, Bechalzos, Kasher Bnei Gershon, Bnei Merari, Aswas Avoda, Mutelas Aleihem. If they did what they're supposed to do, Chashiv Hadavar Lefnei Hakadosh Baruch Hu Bidiyuk, Kamo Avodas Bnei Kahas. You know, often or sometimes we think I'm not a Kohen. You know, what what did I do on Yom Kippur in the times of the base Hamikdash? You know, it's, I, I wasn't the Kohen Gadol. So first of all, not everybody was watching. We davened. There's davening also, right? They have shuls that they've uncovered from the times of the base Hamikdash. Shulah didn't start by the Chorban. We had davening beforehand, but we have to recognize everything that we do is equally beloved. If we do everything that we're supposed to do, Lom Dimikan says the Bnei Yisachar, Sha'al Yiskana Adam Bechavero Imnafla Bechelko Avoda Chashuva Yoser. Somebody has a greater. He's the Rabbi, and I'm just listening to the Shear. He's giving the Shear. I'm just coming to the Shear. My coming to the Shear. Am I giving the Shear? It's equal in the eyes of Hashem. Everybody does what they're supposed to do. Everybody has a different Tafkid. And that is Chashiv in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? like, the, the, like the Gemara says at the end of Menachas. And that's the Gemara in, in Brachas. We haven't quoted in a while, but again, it's a beautiful Lashon. Just the Gemara speaks for itself. Exactly this idea. The rabbis of Yavne used to say the following. Right? There's a the whole Gemara, that whole, the Amud is all about things that people used to daven. Right, uh, the prayers, that's where Elokainetzar is, and that's where, uh, you know, other of our parts of our tefillah are. But the Rabbanan of Yavne said the following. Ani birya, lechaveri birya. I'm a person, and my friend, my friend out there who's working for a living, is a birya, is a creature. Ani malachtai ba'ir. My malach is ba'ir, v'hu malachtai I'm in the city, he's in the field. Ani mashkim malachti. I get up early to do what I have to do, and he gets up early to do what he has to do. He doesn't impinge on my avoda. I don't try to do his avoda. We each have our own avodos. Lest anyone in life think that they're doing more than the next person. If the next person is working as hard as they can, Shaninu, we learned in Menachos. Echad amarbe, v'echad amamit, uvavashi chavin libo l'shemayim. The same exact idea as the Bnei Yisachar. All the Bnei Levi are summed up together. Because it doesn't matter if you're Kahas or Gershon or Merari. It's all about fulfilling our own tafkid. And feeling special in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the avoda, in the avoda that we do. And there is a, an amazing Connection to this, it's a separate idea, but it's parallel to this. In one of uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs' uh, books, he has a number of svarim out on Parsha, but he has one called Lessons in Leadership, where he talks about leadership every Parsha. Ethics of Responsibility is another one that talks about ethics in every Parsha. So here he speaks about leadership. So here in this week's Parsha, he talks about leadership. Moshe Rabbeinu, as we know, was the Anav Mikol Adam. Rabbi Sachs points out that as a leader, and every leader has to know, Every, every leader of a company, every leader of a family, every leader of anything has to know that within the family, within the company, within the group, there are going to be people that are going to be jealous of the other ones. It's just bound to happen. If I'm a leader of anything, a shul, a family, a classroom, um, a um, committee, 
If I'm in charge of, of a group, that leader has to know that it's just going to happen. People are going to be jealous of other people's jobs. And he has to be ready to deal with it. The Torah points us, second paragraph, in the direction of an ideal world, but it does not assume that we have reached it yet or are within striking distance. The people Moshe led, like many of us today, were still prone to ambition, aspiration, vanity, and self-esteem. They still had the human desire for honor, status, and respect. And Moshe had to recognize it. Of whom were the Israelites jealous? Most of them did not aspire to be Moshe. Most of them. Korach was pretty close. But he was, after all, the man who spoke to God, to whom God spoke, performed miracles, brought plagues against the Egyptians, divided the Red Sea, and gave people water from a rock. So a few people would think, okay, I'm going to be like Moshe. But who were they jealous of? Says Rabbi Sachs, there are a lot of different stories in Parsha's Nasso. But three of them, there's a common link. And there's a thread... And that's Moshe dealing with possible jealous feelings by certain people within his group. So what are those three? Right? What do we have in the Parsha? We have the counting of the Nisim. We have Sota. We have Nazir. And we have the Nisim bringing their Karbanas. So we have the, the Levim, Sota, Nazir, and Birchas Kohanim, and the um, so what is it? They weren't jealous of Moshe. Who are they jealous of? 21. But they did have reason to resent the fact that religious leadership seemed to be confined to one tribe, Levi, and one family within that tribe, Kohanim. Now that the Mishkan was to be consecrated, the people were about to begin the second half of their journey, there was a risk of envy and animosity. And he writes that this is, this is something that uh, comes up often. He quotes other sources. The Cholu turning over. Turn to the next page. Leaders need to be aware of the perils of envy, especially within the people they lead. This is one of the unifying themes of the long and apparently disconnected Parsha of Nasso. Right? What do they connect to each other? What does Nazir have to do with the Nisim? And what does that have to do with the beginning? In it, we see Moshe confronting three potential sources of envy. The first lay within the tribe of Levi, as we just explained. His members had reason to resent the fact that Priesthood had gone to just one man and it descended our own. Number one, jealous of the Kohanim. Number two, the second had to do with individuals who were neither of the tribe of Levi nor of the family of our own. But they felt that I'm special. I could have a special, unique connection because I could be very spiritual, intense relationship with God in the way the priest had had. And finally, the third had to do with maybe other Shvatim that are concerned and jealous of Levi. So within Levi and outside of Levi, and individuals. What does Moshe do? First of all, Moshe gives every portion of Levi, every section of Levi, a special job. Everybody in Levi. What, are you calling him? Okay, but you know what? Every shaven in Levi, every section in Shevet Levi, you carry this, you carry that, you carry that. Like the Bnei Yisachar said. Every Levitical clan a special role in carrying the vessels, furnishings, framework of the tabernacle, whenever the people journey from place to place. Number one, that took care of within Sheva Levi, you have, a spe- you have a unique job. Number two, you individual personalities who feel you want that special intense connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I have something for you. It's called Nazirus. It's called, you can add on in your own way. 
And you could go above and beyond the average Jew. Next, Moshe deals with individuals who aspire to a higher level of holiness. This, it seems, is the underlying logic of the Nazarite. The individual vows to set himself apart for Hashem. No wine, right? No tumasmeis v'chulu. And finally, what about all the shvatim? What about us? You know what Moshe says? Every single day, a different nasi and a different shevet will have their moment in the sun. It's not that one shevet is going to do everything. Recognize that today, the first 12 days, every shevet is going to have their own. As we know, the question of why that's repeated over and over again. Their offerings were identical, and the Torah could have abbreviated its account by describing the gifts brought by one shevet and stating that each of the other shvatim did likewise. No, 36. Yet the sheer repetition has the effect of emphasizing the fact that each tribe has its moment of glory. Each, by giving to the house of God, acquired its own share of honor. So what do we learn from the beginning of Nassau and from Nazir and from the whole second half of Nassau? Moshe Rabbeinu dealing with potential jealous situations and giving them an out, giving them an area to excel. Say, I realize, I know you're special, I know you're unique, and I'm going to give you a job to do that. And he writes, even when people accept in principle the equal dignity of all, and even when they see leadership at service, the old dysfunctional passions die hard. People still resent the success of others. They still feel that honor has gone to others when it should have gone to them. So we have to recognize that Moshe Rabbeinu always has to be aware that there are people. And as only Rabbi Sass could say at the bottom. But a leader must also be aware that not everyone is humble. Every Moshe has a Korach. Every Julius Caesar a Cassius. Every Duncan a Macbeth. Okay. Got to know a lot to read Rabbi Sachs. Uh Continuing on the top of the next page. There is no way of eliminating the danger entirely. But Moshe tells us how to behave. Honor everyone equally. Pay special attention to potentially disaffected groups. Make each feel valued. Make it clear that all that to all that leadership is service and not a form of status. And that applies in any type of leadership role. As we started off, be it within a family, be it within a shul, be it within a neighborhood, be it within a workplace, be it on a team, be it anything, any group, to validate all and make sure they all recognize that they have value. Okay, moving right along. A thought that we mentioned a number of years ago, but it is something to, uh, to be restated. Parakei Pasagur. One of the more difficult psukim to just know what Pashapshat of the Pasag means. Right, Parakei. So in the little section... Uh, after the Levium and before Sota and Nazir, we have the following Pasik, right before Ravi. Ve'ish as Kadashav Lo Yihiyu. A man, his holy items are to him. What does that Pasik mean? Ve'ish Ashayitila Kohen Lo Yihiyah. So what exactly does that mean? So Rashi quotes a couple of Pshatim. Ish as Kadashav Lo Yihiyu. A man and his Kachim to him they shall be. So there is a Jewish of the Chafetz Chaim. Chafetz Chaim, again, we mentioned it uh, six or seven years ago, but um, here it is again. Kol ish ve'ish mipu'ulosav. Sha'ose me'uma lo yisa ba'amalo. V'rakin yoni ha'kdusha shekiyim begufo ba'odo ba'chayav. Heme yilo lanetzach ito ba'chaburaso. What are we going to take with us? 
What stays with us forever? Torah and Maisim Tovim. Not what we enjoy doing, but what gives value. What we give, what we are misaking in the world, every moment that we add, that we do something good and positive, that's what takes us. That's what takes us to the next world. We mentioned uh, years ago, I didn't give it to you again, but if Zevin has, an, has a creative thought, he mentions that everything in life has some time period to it of existence. A person lives for a certain amount of time. A food has a certain amount of time of existence. A rock even, it could be a million years. But everything has a certain amount of existence where it starts to exist and it ends. There's only one thing that has no length of its existence. It doesn't really have any time to exist and that is time itself. Time itself doesn't exist because the second that it's here, it's gone. The present becomes the past every millisecond. So time is the only thing that doesn't exist. But ironically, says Rav Zevin, time is the only thing that we could really take with us forever. And we could eternalize time by filling it with Torah and mitzvot. Then we take it with us. Right? He takes it with him all the days. So on the one hand, it has no existence. It has no length. And on the other hand, it can exist more than anything else in this entire world. That's Rav Zevin. The Chavetz Chaim says the same idea here. The Ishes Kadashav, the man with his holy moments, lo yihiyu, they will be with him. Those he'll take with him. And we don't always realize that we think sometimes, maybe some of us get mixed up, we think that we're going to take some type of Gashmi item, right, to, uh, to take with us. But the Chavetz Chaim gives the Mashal, Mashal of Medrash, he quotes the Mashal of Medrash, he says, somebody had three friends. Three friends, one of them was a really good friend. Another one was an okay friend, okay. And the third one was, didn't really know him. He connected to him, he knew who he was, but, and he was in trouble. The man got in trouble and the king wanted to, you know, punish him. So he goes to his good friend and says, can you please speak to the king? Go speak to the king for me, I, I need some help, I need some connections. So what, doesn't want to go. The good friend doesn't want to go. What am I supposed to do? Line 11, he goes to the Avoshani, please, please go speak to the king for me, Please. No, doesn't want to go. He has no choice. He goes to the third. He didn't think, he didn't think this third one connected him at all. Had any feelings for him. He says, yeah, I'll go. I'll go and I'll stay with you the whole time. What's the nimshal? Says the Chavetz Chaim. Hopefully not by not too many of us, but maybe we all have a little nitiya towards something physical and gashmi. That might be gashmi is nechasim that we have. Money, kavod, Anything like that. We feel that, we feel that something real. But when it comes time, when we need connections, lots of love, it's not coming with us. Other connections, relatives, also, it's not going to make it too far. Maybe up until, he says, up until the door. The only thing that's coming with us are tshuva, maizim tovim. That stays with us forever. What are the friends that are the most loyal to us? Our moments that we fill with Torah, our moments that we feel with chesed. And it could be chesed that nobody knows about, as we'll speak about soon. But those moments, that stays with us. We want to get as many connections and friends like those in our lifetime so they could stay with us, they could stay with us forever. Those are the ones that come with us. Related to that, but separate, is the next source. Let's talk a little bit about Nazir. 
Right, Soter Nazir has to be on the plate something. So Nazir, there is a story, probably the most well-known story in Shas about a Nazir, is the story about the Nazir from the south. And you can look through the, for this story in Masechah's Nazir, it's not there. It's in the Dharam Daftes. The Dharam Daftes tells the story about the Nazir from the south. It's quoted here in Source 11 at the beginning. Amr Bishimanat Sadik. I never ate from the carbonos of a nazir except once. I always wasn't sure about whether a nazir was, he was doing it l'shem shamayim until I met one nazir. There was a nazir from the south, the tov roi, that phrase is used by David Taltal. He had beautiful locks, nice long hair. Amartilo, and he was becoming a Nazir. I said to him, Bini Mara Isa Lahashris Sarech Zehanoe. Why are you gonna make why are you gonna cut off his gorgeous hair? Amarli, Roe Hayisilaba Biri, I was a shepherd, Halakti Lamalus Mayim and Amayan. I went to get water from the Mayan and his Takiburshali. I saw my reflection in the river. Right, they didn't have mirrors. Right? I saw my reflection in the, in the water. And my Yetzahara, all of a sudden, got hold of me. He showed me I was so handsome. He showed me I was so this, and I was about to act based upon my Yetzahara. I said to my Yetzahara, what are you doing? I swear, I'm shaving my head. I'm going to shave it. I gave him a kiss. I said, What was the secret of that Nazir? Why was Shimon Atzadik so taken by that Nazir more than any other? What was unique about that Nazir? Says the Darki Musar of Naiman. Next page. Yesh. Sometimes a person can do an amazing mitzvah, an amazing act. If we ever do a maisa mitzvah that people know about, a public mitzvah, then we could we could be doing a great. And we could have tremendous kavana, but there's still that chance, and maybe it's deep down inside of us that we're happy with the covet, and we we enjoy it, and we it's a little little selfish, a little bit you know basking in you know t- patting myself on the back and not realizing it's all from Hashem. B'mamad, I could give this amount of money, I could give this kind of this. B'mamad kol I'm giving a huge check to the yeshiva. It's an amazing mitzvah. But sometimes inside, not always, but sometimes inside, it could be a little not pure. Not totally lishma. But if I do a private act of self-sacrifice, a private act of service to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, why else would I do that? What other kavana would I have if I'm not announcing it? If I'm not telling everybody else about it? So then the kavanas, kavanas are pure. Ach yesh v'yasa adam ma'isa mitzvah lo gadol bekamuso avagadol beechuso l'shem shamayim. Doesn't have to be a huge act. It could be a private little act. This nazir, who knew about it? 
Nobody knew about it. And what did he even say he's going to do? That he's going to give a tremendous amount of money? He's going to learn Shas? No, I'm going to cut my hair. But it was L'Shem Shamayim. It was pure Kavanis. And that's what the Shimonat Sadik saw. When it's private, then it's something special. I saw recently, somebody showed me a list from Rav Victor Miller. Ten things to try to do every day. Ten things I've ordered Hashem to try to do every day. One, I don't remember all of them. One of the things on the list was, do a chesed that nobody else knows about. One of the ten things. Do a chesed that nobody else knows about. So that's, if we could do it once a week, let alone every day. Because that's, that's this, that's this. That's, that's the shame shamayim. And not only, as the chinuch always says, if we do it and don't show anybody, it'll affect us. It'll make us that type of person. And then he even points out something very insightful. Asher, we know who was the Amur HaChesed. The Amur HaChesed we know is Avram Avinu. He was the pillar of Chesed. What Chesed does the Torah Shebechsav list that he did? What Chesed? So we know he was great and he invited people into inn and he told them and he gave them food. And one phrase. Vayita Eishel. One phrase about his public Chesed. Vayita Eishel. He went out. He was, he was known through a far and wide. Vayisha Eitel Be'er Sheva. We have one other, we have one story in the Torah Shebechsav about Avraham's lengthy giving Maisa Chesed. And that, of course, is the Malachim, the beginning of Parshas Vayera, who Avraham thought were a couple of anonymous Arabs. And that's where the Torah goes to at length to tell us all about the Maisa Chesed. Why? Why doesn't the Torah go into more all of his chasadim, that the public ones, going around telling everybody how great Hashem is, and bring them closer? No, it's the one that nobody knew about except because it was recorded in the Torah. A couple of Arabs came and then they left. Because that's ultimate chesed. That's ultimate mitzvah l'shem shamayim. Olafia amur mavur ha'inyan heitev, line 20. Shekain kol osa maisa chesed, sh'as avram avinu, bifar hesya nasu. That was all done in public. Kibel amva eda, kibel olam umlo o. Right, everybody, maybe, again, not that Avinu actually had other, other kavanas, but just to teach us, that type of chesed always has the danger. You know, again, not that we shouldn't do it, obviously, but oh, that family always has 50 people over for every Shabbos meal. It's great, but, but the real litmus test besides that is also doing chesed that nobody knows about. And doing it in private, because that, has to be l'shem shamayim pure that uh, that we have to do, and that's what he says. Zoe's avodas adam. The message being, no matter what our mitzvah is, we have to try try to do it l'shem shamayim. We have to try to do it with pure kavanas, not to get anything out of it, but only because the Kaddish Baruch Hu told us to. shamayim, and that's what we have to do, and that's what he quotes at the end. The Rambam, Pirshim Mishnayos, at the end of Makos. Right, the Mishnah that all the Mepharshim deal with. Could be top five Mishnahis in terms of famous in the whole, in all of Shas. Hashem wanted to give us a schus, so he gave us a lot of Torah and mitzvahs. And asks the Rambam, and asks the Maharal, and asks all the Mepharshim, it's a schus to have 613? Give us six. Let us focus on that. Wouldn't that be a bigger schus? It's much harder. 
many answers given. Says the Rambam, what's the Rambam's answer? We all have such different personalities. We're all into so many different things. Hashem wanted to give us so many mitzvahs so that at least one of them could connect to our neshama on such a deep level that we do it 100% pure. 100% perfect, L'shem Shamayim. This person is a giving stucka guy. This person is a learning guy. This person is a, is a Hashavah Saveda guy. Whatever, whatever, one mitzvah. Totally, L'shem Shamayim. And that's what he says we're talking about. We have to try to do all mitzvahs with that, with that kavan. Okay. Moving right along. We know that there are three halachos, to summarize, that a nazir is not allowed to be involved in. We know, learning out from the Pesukim, a nazir is not allowed to have any wine products, grape products. Number two, not allowed to cut his hair. And number three, tumas mace. Not allowed to become tame mace. That applies to a general nazir. But if we look in the Haftorah, right, we have a different type of nazir described. And that, of course, is Nazir Shimshon. And the Mishnayis describe in Nazir that I could accept to be a Nazir Shimshon. I could accept to be a Nazir or a Nazir Shimshon. What's the difference between a Nazir and a Nazir Shimshon? One of the differences is a Nazir Shimshon only has two out of those three alachas. A Nazir Shimshon is allowed to become Tamei Mace. He's just not allowed to do the other two. And then at Siv, besides being Medayik and the Psukim, he wanders on a Hashkafic level. So what, why? What's the difference? Between a Nazir and a Nazir Shimshon. Right? Why would one pick one and why would one pick the other? So the Nitziv says, and maybe one could even be Machalik, whether we know there's a Machalikas Tanoim and a Machalikas Rishonim, whether Nazir is looked at as something positive or something negative, Rambam Ramban, Machalikas Tanoim and Tainus, says the Hamik Davar, there are two reasons why one might become a Nazir. Two reasons. Line eight. Number one, L'shem Shemayim, I want to become closer to Hashem. I want to be, be a little more separated from the world. I don't want to be near wine, which is symbolically connect, bringing people down. All Averis in the Torah and in, in Tanakh are connected to wine. Number one. Number two, and that's what he says, L'hazir L'shem. But of course, number two, more of a sur meira. Like the Gemara says, if somebody sees a sota bikukula, yazir atzmo min hayayin. He sees what wine does. So the first is, and I say tov, to go up. Not protection, but just to go up. The second one is protective. Says the Nitziv, if the idea is to move up, to go up the spiritual ladder, so then staying away from wine makes a lot of sense. Growing one's hair and ultimately cutting it when at the end, not focusing on the gashmius, right, on the physical, that also makes sense. But Tumas Mace also makes sense. Because as we know, Ein Nevua Shore Elimitoch Simcha. And be connected to Tumas Mace brings Atzvus, and that does not, is not one of the ingredients for Ruchnius. And that's why all three fit for someone who has Naziris number one. But says the Nitziv, for Naziris number two, you only need the first two. Right? For staying away from wine and staying away from focusing on, on hair, which symbolizes physical pleasures, physical looks. Tumas Mace, what does that have to do with, with Sur Meirah? What does that have to do with staying away from Ni'uf? That is why the Torah has two mechanisms. The Torah gives two 
There's more, but at least these two Naziris options, because it depends what the person's goals are. Are the person's goals just to get back to, you know, get far from Avera, or is it the second one? And this could be, if one wants to make Shalom, between the Rambam and the Ramban, one could say that this makes Shalom, because what does the Rambam say in Hilchas Deos? What are you afflicting yourself for? It's no good what you're doing. This is not the goal. This is not the ideal. You should be in the Shvilazov. But maybe the Rambam's talking about Naziris type 1. I'm sorry, Naziris type 2. If it's a Naziris to get away from Neof, okay, it's a temporary measure. But the ultimate goal is not that. What's the Ramban talking about? Kadosh Lashem. Somebody wants to get close to a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Somebody... Again, Pashtus is a machlokas, hashkafically, relating to their general worldview about uh, other things, the Rambam and the Ramban. But it could be that these two ideas of the Nitziv also uh, tip us off to the uh, difference in focuses between a Nazir type 1, lehis alos, ulehis kadesh, Nazir type 2, Nazir shimshon, which doesn't need the third, the third dip. Okay. Finally, let's end off with one final thought related to the Nitziv. The whole second half of the of the uh, the parsha starts off with the following pasuk pasuk zayin vayehi b'yom kalos Moshe on the day that Moshe finished lahakim es hamishkan to put up the mishkan on the day that he finished to put up the mishkan vayimshach also he anointed it vayikadosh also and he sanctified it says Rashi b'yom kalos Moshe lahakim unusual lashon why doesn't it just say b'yom hakim on the day he put it up. Biyom kalos Moshe lihakim, says Rashi. Melamech shekol shivas yimei amiluim hayam Moshe maamido umifarko. Every day Moshe used to put it up and then take it down. Uba oso hayom hayamido vlopirko, and on that day he left it up. Lakach nemar biyom kalos Moshe lihakim oso hayom kalu hakamosav. It was the last day that he put it up because he put it up for already eight days. Right? This is biyom hashmini. This is on the, the eighth time. That's the Rashi. And the question that is asked by the commentaries are, is, so why did Moshe have to do this? Put it up once. Either put it up on the eighth day or put it up on the first day and leave it up. Why did Moshe have to put it up every day and then take it down and then put it up and take it down seven times and only on Rosh Chodesh Nisan it stays up forever. Right? What exactly is the message? So if you look in the Jirash David, we never really quoted from him before, David Hofstetter, in uh, the founder of Dirshu, in uh, his Sefer on Chumash. So if you look in 14, see, he quotes one smaller idea and then one more fundamental idea. Turning over to source 15. He says, Venera Lavarzos, firstly, maybe, maybe the point is that there was no Hashras Hashchina after the first putting, puddings up of the Mishkan. Remember, the whole point is to bring the Shechina down. He put it up the first day, they brought Karbanos, and there was no Shechina, so maybe Moshe thought, okay, there's no point. He took it down again. The purpose to have a Mishkan is to do Avoda and to bring the Shechina. So he did the Avoda of the day, there was no Shechina, so he took it down. There was no purpose to keep it up. On the last day, he did the Avoda and then the Shechina came down. Okay, boom. Okay. But then he says something deeper. 31. Venir lahosif lomar. Shepirik, this is telling us he is sowed in life. Shapirika Mishkan Lo Nase Rak Mishum Shadain Lo Hoya Roy La Mishkan. And that wasn't just because it wasn't Roy for Hakama yet and for Ashras Ashina. But the taking apart was part of the building. He needed to take it apart in order for it to be a true binyan ad. What does that mean? 
in order to grow, there needs to be failures and trips and stumblings. That's part of the growing process. As Shlomo HaMelech says, Sheva yipol tzadik v'kam, v'roshi yirusham yikashlu bara. What does that mean? Well, if yipshu to'at tzadik, lomro, tashes, even though he falls, Sheva yipol tzadik, and afal pike, and he gets up. But again, many of the Bali Musr say, no, Sheva yipol tzadik, he needs to fall, because that's part of the v'kam. Top left. Eino barak letaris ofan, it's not just telling us how the tzaddik deals with challenges and setbacks. No, it's part of the growth. It's an incrucial ingredient. When there's a nefila, then the the binyan uh, afterwards is that much stronger. And we know, we quote many examples of this. Why do we have to go down to Mitzrayim? Why? We didn't even do anything yet. Hashem tells Avram Avinu. They're going to be in an Eretz Lolahem. What do we need that for? Because to, to build, there first has to be breaking down. Breaking down in order to build. Like the Bali Moser point out, a seed first disintegrates before it grows in the ground. First there has to be taking apart and pulling down. Aliyah. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching us. You want to have a binyan. You want to have a mishkan. You want to have a structure. There has to be piruk. There has to be taking apart. There has to be, again, he wasn't going to break it, but giving us the message of taking it apart. Kinafalti kamti and dafka, he took it apart. And then he put it back together and that's how he created the ate shitim omdim. That's how he created the ultimate. You want to make it forever, as he says on the last page. That's why. That's why he did it. And that's why maybe Dafka 7, because he did it 7 days. 7 is a, is a, a whole unit, as we know. Teva, whatever. It's a structure. And then after that. And that's how we have to look at, as, at challenges and setbacks in life. It's part of the growth process. It's part of the binyan when we when we have a, a challenge. That's how we have to look at it. At the time, often, it's it, it's hard to look at it that way. Right? We just look at it as a setback or as a challenge or as going backwards. But we have to realize that this is part of the a message that Moshe Rabbeinu has given us in the building of the first Beis Hashem. And we are all trying to build our own Beis Hashem in our lives. And that's how we have to look at it. And Rabbi Hashem, be zocheh. To have that binyin adayad in each one of our in each one of our lives. Okay, we'll stop here. Um, continue next week. Be'ezus Hashem.